Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a divine feminine state of love, harmony, abundance, and joy. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's guest episode, I had the wonderful experience of interviewing Dana Kippel. Dana is a metaphysical filmmaker, and she just released her first film, Reflect, which premiered at the Sundance Film Festival and is now released on Amazon Prime and Apple TV. Dana is an author of metaphysical poetry, and she's a optimistic futurist, which we have a lot of fun talking about, as well as her special interest in plasma metaphysics. Yes, I also did not know what that was and really enjoyed hearing about it from Dana. Together, Dana and I talk about our similar histories with drug addiction and substance abuse and making the shift from a place of complete lack of self-love and acceptance and just not wanting to be who we are into a place of learning how to fully love and embrace and know our true value always. It's a exciting, fun, way out there conversation, just the way I like it. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Jaina. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi. I am really excited to talk with you today, Dana. You just got back from the Sundance Film Festival in Utah. You made a movie, (laughs) which is incredible. And I got the chance to see it. And it was really fun and exciting to watch because you are a metaphysical filmmaker, which Mm -hmm. is right up my alley. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated the movie shedding some light on some different aspects. One, of course, of healing, which as a therapist, but also as a spiritual explorer and esoteric inquirer, I loved it. I love that it got down to that. And, you know, I've always been so amazed by both screenwriting and filmmaking because you have to weave together different characters, different plot lines to create a succinct message. Mm -hmm. So Dana, I just want to hear all about you and the process and path that took you to become a filmmaker. You're also an actress because you did a beautiful job in the film as one of the main characters. You're an author of metaphysical poetry. And I love this. You say that you're an optimistic futurist. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'd like to think of myself as one as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, oh my God, so much to unpack. Well, I'll start with the optimistic futurist. I mean, I just have, I think if we are going to co-create our reality, we may as well be optimistic. Why be pessimistic? So it's not like I'm, I'm not aware that there aren't horrible things happening and I don't not focus on them. I'm just saying, I think that we can do better and get better. And it all starts with working on ourselves and that 
is what I, I and I have the faith that people are going to start doing that more and that will change the world. So that's my comment on that. Um, and then, yeah, as far as how I got into filmmaking, I'll try to make it way shorter than it is. Um, originally, I wanted to become a filmmaker when I was 19 and go to film school in New York City. And I was, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but uh, I was struggling with drug addiction. I didn't really realize at the time how bad it was, but I just had no self-esteem. I was like scared to go to a good school. I was, I didn't feel like self-worth. I, um just something in me was like telling me I couldn't do it. So instead I tried something like easier. I went to makeup school. I dropped out after like a month. Cause I was like, this is not what I want to do. And I ended up uh, getting put in rehab when I was 20. So that kind of like derailed me for a while, but it also gave me like the depth and life experience of like living a real life. If that makes sense to be able to like write about a lot of this stuff. And it informs a lot of my stories, the like mental health aspect uh, and then I got sober when I was 21, 2021. Um, well, I got sober when I was 21 because I relapsed right after rehab. But anyway, after that, I worked in mental health for nine years, gained a lot of life experience, had a food business, moved to LA. And that is where I started to be interested in film and acting again. I think I just got the bug being here. And then, yeah, I just, I started acting and Acting just didn't feel like enough for me. I wanted like more agency over my career. So then I started directing and writing and I was like, oh my God, I'm meant to do this. So that's kind of like the, the short story of how I got here. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Are you mm -hmm. open to talking a bit about your path through recovery and drug addiction? Oh, yeah. That's part of my story as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's something I always like to explore, especially because I've come to find that I think there are many of us that come into this lifetime that mm -hmm. go through some of the most challenging, difficult, yeah. upsetting experiences because it becomes a catalyst for our, our awakening, right? If you will, our greater understanding of, wait a minute, wait a minute, maybe what I thought was real wasn't, maybe who I thought I was isn't true. And it takes sometimes going to the depths of depravity, be it through drug addiction or just rock bottom self-esteem and self-worth, yeah. which is what I always had to be like, this is not a way to live. And mm -hmm. what I also realized from that was why do we all live this way? Because it's a epidemic on our planet, a bizarre one. And mm -hmm. I really connect your idea of an optimistic futurist, because when I look around the world, I say, listen, if we've created such dire circumstances, we can absolutely create a world that's so much more enjoyable and so much more bright and conducive to mm -hmm. happiness and joy and creative expression that's not tied to our worth and value. Yeah. Yes. Um, everything you just said, yes. Um, I'll share a little bit. So, well, I'm trying to think where to start. I believe that people's struggles are their purposes, right? So I think my struggles, I didn't realize it at the time. And I still struggle my struggles with feeling connected to myself with not feeling connected to friends or like not feeling fully connected to family, even no self-love, no net. It just felt like I've been like falling my whole life. I think all of these things, all this pain I've felt and sadness, like undertones I felt have caused me to search, be a seeker and search out these things to make me feel better. And through that, I've come 
in, around in a circular journey to realize it's all inside of me. But through that journey, I've also discovered really cool spiritual tools and magical tools and all these cool things about life and mythologies and amazing things about the divine feminine and masculine and, and something new I'm kind of into right now is like the divine child, which is like the harmonic mix of them and the innocence and the play. And it's not about like attachment or non-attachment. It's about like uh, just playing, if that makes any sense. It like transcends all those things. Um, but yeah, just I, I, the same as you, I think, I think, I don't think always we need the darkness to evolve. But I think that this is a 3D world. There's dark and light everywhere. And for some reason, just like, you know, an arrow being pulled back before you propel forward, I just got pulled really far freaking back. And hopefully now I will propel forward. Uh, but the one thing I do want to be honest that I still struggle with is like addiction. I'm not addicted to drugs or sex or anything like that now. What I'm addicted to now is negative thinking. So like I still need to work the self doubt and the negative thoughts are constant. And I, every day is a struggle with pushing past them, but I just want to put it out there to people that if they feel the, this way, they can still follow their dreams and achieve anything. You just, uh, it's hard to silence it, but you just got to almost laugh at it and be like, Oh, I'll just keep going. And then hopefully it'll go away. I don't know yet. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, Dana. And we are right on the same plane with that. In fact, it's interesting you say that. Cause I just released an episode of my podcast today that was about I'm doing an episode. I know you like tarot because your movie starts. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, tarot cards. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. the different characters, the four main characters represent four different uh major arcanas of the tarot. I love yes. that. Yes. And I am doing a series of episodes about the eight of swords, which oh. is in the tarot deck is about what binds us, what keeps us mm. entrapped in feeling that we are stuck and confined, but really we're stuck by our own devices, our own beliefs. Yes. I'm going through each sword. And yesterday I released the one about self, uh, low self-worth and self-value. Oh my gosh. So not knowing our worth and value, which is one of the greatest barriers to us. But I too, I'm where you are. Once you've gone through, as I know both of us have, identifying mm -hmm. the addiction, recovering <laughs> from the addiction, going right. to therapy, doing all the modalities, and you still get these echoes in your mind that say, that will never be you. You're yeah. not good enough for that. And no like you said, you. we just have to laugh about it and just say, you know, I've learned to say, thank you, but no, thanks. I'm not ascribing to that anymore. That's no longer what I hold. I heard once early on in my work, Yes. training as a therapist that, and of course it's CBD, uh, no, yeah. Cognitive behavioral CBT. <laughs> yes. I always get those confused. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody does. They're the same. Mm -hmm. Um, that when you thoughts just naturally occur, but all that matters is which ones you hold on to. And exactly. you and I both probably remember the years of our life where we'd have that thought that said, nobody likes you. You're not good enough. You're never going to be really loved. And we'd hold it onto it for dear life yeah. and we'd let it grow. And we would give our energy to that. The difference, just as you said, it's not that we don't have these thoughts. They, they're almost reflexive. They just yes. come up, but we don't cultivate it. We don't nurture that thought. We let it go and we replace it. We reframe it and say, yeah. actually, I am always moving forward and yes. I'm learning to embrace yeah. my worth. I'm learning to know my value, despite having messaging from the time I was born into this yeah. world that says, you're only valuable at this. You're only worthy at this. Yes. Some of us grew up where we felt 
abandoned, neglected, yeah. abused. Yeah. And mm-hmm. children are not in any way equipped to handle that and to make rational sense of it. So they hold it to be true and it mm-hmm. affects them for their life. So we're all really fighting to reclaim our worth and value because again, the world as it is now does not message that. And that's again, tied into my optimistic future is uh, we don't do that anymore. I truly believe that one day we're going to shift our entire way of being on this planet <clears> so that from the second you're born, all you get is affirmations about your worth and inherent value. Yes. And that starts with the parents and the grandparents healing. Um, and that's that it kind of that circles back to the divine child too, because it's like we're trying to find in ourselves again the divine child from that, but also like the wise grandmother and kind of like it's 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 a circular a circular journey. Wait, you said so much. I'm trying to remember everything so I can respond. No, I know it's good. Oh gosh. You were saying something like five seconds ago. I really was interested and wanted to say something. Um, do you, do you have an idea of where your, like what your origins were? Like, do you want to share some of your story about early life that led you to maybe have some of these doubts that so many of us have? Yes. And that's the story I wanted to tell really quick, the doubts. So this was life-changing for me. And I still sometimes hold on to the doubts, right? It's like an 80, 20 thing. I'm still working on it. I watched the movie labyrinth and she's walking through the cave with that troll. And there's these things right before she gets to the end of her journey. And they're like, go back, don't go any further. And he's like, don't listen to them. They're just doing their job. And it really, really made me think about my mind. And it's just our survival, our little kid who's scared trying to keep us from surviving from the unknown. Cause at the time it was really scary. We need to associate the unknown with like a fertile, exciting growing field. But I try to remember that every time I don't always remember it. And I sometimes will hang on to these things, but anyway, that was life-changing for me. That is such a great point. Also, that movie is a gem. Yes, <laughs> It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I want to make so one. much to me for so long. And that's such a great point. It makes me think of IFS therapy, which is internal family systems. Yes, I've done that. Yeah. And I speak about that often when I work with people with eating disorders and because that's something I struggled with and recognizing that, you know, the voice that tells you like you need to be thin or you need to restrict or whatever it is, is in a way, ironically, just doing its job and trying to keep you from being hurt again, be to protect you. Yes. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. So it's so, I, I love that you picked that up from the labyrinth. My thing from the labyrinth, this one moment that always sticks in my head is when she's yeah. talking to Jareth, the lovely David Bowie and his type. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. And she, he's, he's trying to sort of, you know, mesmerize her and hypnotize her into coming into his world. And suddenly he has his, those crystal balls he has. And suddenly she has this moment of clarity and she looks at him and she says, you have no power over me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what a lot of us are moving into right now is realizing that all these threats and all these whispers of like, you're not good enough da, 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 We're realizing who's even saying that. And like, I can decide that those voices, they have no power over me anymore. I'm going to decide my worth. I'm yeah. going to decide that I am enough and that I'm a value. And really our whole world right now is trying to, in a lot of ways has learned to benefit from giving those messages to people saying yeah. you need to be afraid all the time. You can't believe in yourself. You can't trust yourself. Kind of like Jareth, like trying to hypnotize us. And I see us all in the coming years and decades, really making that statement more often, which is you have no power of me. You can't tell me what I'm capable of. 
which also ties into the beautiful themes of your movie, which is that of metaphysics. And that we're also going to discover that we are way more powerful (laughs) and way more connected to other realities and timelines, dimensions than we ever knew. And it's only a matter of time before we realize that because that's the true nature of reality that we've been disconnected from. Oh my God. I'm loving you. This is... (laughs) (laughs) I know because I'm so like my main passion, why I make movies is to get metaphysical ideas out there. And I started slow. Obviously, I didn't want to like overwhelm people, but this is so weird. This like thumbs up thing just bubbled onto my thing. Was that you or was that like a ghost? No, but uh, I just, I just saw it too. Okay. Well, well I've, I've heard that. Um, I th- like, I know FaceTime now, if you say like love, it can do, but I don't know why a thumbs, it was like bubbles and a thumbs up, but Hey, I don't know. I'll take it as a confirmation from the universe. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, my life purpose, which it agrees with is making films, but besides the films, because it's easier to make books and way cheaper, I'm writing a book on plasma metaphysics, but it's all about like what it really is in like normal human terms is finding your own magic, how to communicate with other dimensions, using your mind, which sounds crazy, but we all know it's, these things are possible. Anyway, I'm very excited for that. Um, cool. We can talk about that another time. But no, that's I good get- to talk about now. I'm I'm actually really curious. I saw that in your description, and yeah. I'd love to know more about what plasma physics yes. or metaphysics is specifically. Yeah, so I like to look at plasma from like a metaphysical standpoint, and everyone tells me in Hollywood, like, don't say metaphysics. Oh my god, everyone's <laughs> it's loving metaphysics. I know. I'm so it's just excited for us. For anyone listening, weird balloons just popped up on my screen for no reason. It's amazing. Is that plasma physics? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I'm trying to bring like the word metaphysics into the conscious public conscious more because I feel like once people discover and Google this word, even though it's not a hot take word, like in Hollywood, they'll say, say sci-fi. No, metaphysics, once you discover it will change your life and bring so much magic to your life. So the metaphysics of plasma is looking at plasma and unpacking plasma from like a standpoint of magic, philosophy, linguistics, mythology, all of these things, uh, looking at it from like other dimensional realities, like just putting a new perspective on it besides this like hard science perspective. And plasma is the same thing as as the ether, as the Akashic field, as love, as gravity, as orgone energy is chi is prana so i'm in the book i'm going to first talk about my mental health bridge the subject of plasma and mental health in some strange way i'm figuring out maybe like tell a story that will kind of make it easier for people to unpack what plasma is and then go into like the weirdness and the magic of what it is and how it's number one a vehicle for our consciousness our intention and number two how it's a a a tool we can use and harness to create magic in our lives, connect with ourselves, connect with other dimensions. And um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting substance that no one really knows about. And I think that's for a reason, but I want to teach people about it. I love that. I love that. And a a lot of focus in my podcast is about people blazing new paths and offering new ideas, even if they seem crazy. And even if they haven't been introduced, I've gotten so many messages recently of you're bringing something that you might feel lost, but it's only because it doesn't exist yet. You're not going to do something that's already here. There's so many of us on this planet now who are meant to introduce concepts that we've either forgotten or that are going to be brand new to humanity. Yes. 
Yeah, it's both like ancient, like the ancient people all knew about this and I'm bringing like a new perspectives on it and how we can use it in the future. So I guess like both. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's the biggest thing. And and my podcast is called Women Waken because I think predominantly it will be the women because the feminine is that which is watery. It actually, the feminine is, is the dark. It's actually the world. Yeah. And the, the masculine is the sun. It's like, Oh, fun growth and creation. Yeah. And, but the feminine is that which pulls the concepts from the ether, from the void. Yet we have been so shut down and oppressed and silenced for thousands of years that we're afraid. We're afraid Mm -hmm. to, and and our world in general, we're not very nice to people who are different. We're not very (laughs) embracing or welcoming of new concepts. I mean, right now, anything new age is still scorned and laughed at. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I've um, lost a lot of people in my life in terms of just no longer having certain friendships or connections, even family members that just don't really want much to do with me because I, they, they don't agree with what I think. Yes. I would say this is a good way to transition back into like my past, but I have like this random uncle. He probably won't listen to this. So I think he's a Christian and he keeps messaging me about God and Jesus. So it's kind of funny. But, but also I will say plasma, my thing that hopefully religious people won't be upset at me at about is plasma actually proves that all religions are not true, but they're also true. So basically it, it proves that there's thought forms and the more people and energy into the thought forms, which would be each religion, the more real it is, if that makes sense. So in a way it's like, whatever's whatever we believe is real is real. So like everyone can have their stuff. Just don't push it on me. I won't push it on you. I'll say my opinions on here, but I'm not going to message everyone. Believe in plasma. Um, that's my only problem with those kind of things. Anyway, when I was, so my life, because you were talking about having trouble with people. I mean, I don't have a lot of friends now, even to be honest. Um, and I think people that are very authentic have trouble because we trigger people that are not authentic and then people don't like us and they like, don't even know why they don't like us, but it's just because they want to be authentic like us. But in the past, so I was adopted. Um, I think right away, obviously there's a little trauma there with abandonment. Um, but I totally understand now, like why my mom gave me away, but it doesn't mean you don't have feelings about it and you don't feel discarded as a child. And, um, you know, my parents, I won't talk too much mean things cause they'll get upset, but I do love my parents now, but we had a very tumultuous, uh, upbringing, me and my family <laughs> and just a lot of yelling and, you know, stuff in the household and other things. And, uh, I was also bullied. So there was no really like safe space because I would talk about all these weird things as a kid, like aliens and my weird thoughts and um, witchcraft I talked about as a kid. And I was just bullied like horribly. And uh, yeah, I just, I I like almost like there was parts of me that split off. I feel like because, and or like parts of me I hid because I just felt like none of me was okay. There was so much shame and guilt. And then when I, I just, obviously this all happened for a reason for me to do what the work I do now, but at the time I couldn't catch a break. And then when I was nine, I think to like 12 or 13, I had a gymnastics teacher who was, you know, a child molester and he ended up going to jail, but, and I don't remember a lot of that, but still that same thing, all these things are happening. Yes. For my highest good. But of course at the time they're horrible and no one deserves them. So then, yeah, I just felt like from all cylinders, I was in like 
survival mode, not, I was so disconnected from myself at that point. So dissociated. It, it also grew though, my imagination. Cause I was in a fantasy land most of the time. Cause that's the only safe place I had. I wasn't grounded at all. And I haven't been until very recently learning to come back into my body. Cause it's safe now. And then after that, I developed a drug addiction when I got into high school because I had all of these horrible feelings. And the only way to cut it off, I discovered drugs and alcohol. I was like, this is great. Um, and then, uh, you know, I became promiscuous because I was drinking a lot. So got horribly bullied in high school. Like, I can't even talk about all the stories, but like I'll say two of them. I made a list innocently with my friends of guys that I kissed. And it was like 20 guys. It was a lot. Or guys, maybe I wanted a kiss because I don't think it was that many when I was 14. And they turned it to guys Dana has had sex with and made copies and passed it around the school. They also like, I had like promiscuous photos from like eighth grade that me and my friend took as a joke. Then they made copies and passed those around. Just like horrible things that bring shame to someone. And then it just got worse from there. And I won't discuss it because it's like really graphic things. But just, you know, guys taking advantage of me, horrible things. And then I finally went to rehab. Uh, my first boyfriend, like, cheated on me with my best friend, just like, you know, and I'm not saying some of the things I'm sure I brought on myself, you know, I was not an angel. Obviously, I was drinking and using drugs. So I'm sure I've made bad decisions and got myself into certain things. Um, I wasn't the best friend, I'm sure either. But anyway, I finally went to rehab because obviously I got too crazy, got out of rehab, got crazier. Um, and then, yeah, until I was 20, then that's when something happened to me where I felt like I was taken advantage of again for like, and it was just, it felt really wrong and bad. So I told my parents I needed help, got sent down to a treatment center in Florida, I stayed there for nine months, relapsed directly after that, and then got myself in another bad situation with a guy that was very scary. And I was like, basically homeless at the time for a very short period, but, and then I was in, in and out of halfways and I was like, this cannot be my life. Like I meant to do more. And that's when I got turned my life around when I was around 21. So anyway, that's kind of like a short version of, uh, like, you know, there, I'm, and there were some good times in between there for sure. Like my parents took us on vacations, but anyway, I was like, I was so just, I had to disconnect from myself because all the pain I felt. And I've been reversing that ever since, obviously, in the limiting beliefs I've developed from that. People don't like me. I don't deserve to be here. I'm disgusting. I don't deserve to do anything big in my life. But there was always this inner voice that was like, keep going. Like, you deserve this. Like, I love you. And I feel like it was like my future self. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. But I think that's so important for people to hear. Because our path can be so marred by such what feels sure. like such unnecessary cruelty yeah. and pain and suffering. And it's hard not to ask why, why me? And just as you said, you can have an addiction to victimhood, to mm. feeling like I know I've always felt that way where I, I just had almost I call it like the Eeyore complex, like this. I just pictured like hunched over where it's like nothing works out for me. Of course, yeah. no one's going to ever love me or care. nothing's going to be good. And, you know, it wasn't until I also kind of hit rock bottom that I was like, I need to pull myself up because no one else is going to do it for me. Because I don't know if you also experienced this, but I always thought it was going to be things external that lifted me into a place of value, but things would happen and I would, it didn't matter. No mm -hmm. amount of whether I wanted attention or 
positive things happening or whatever it was, it, it wasn't enough because their ex externals don't get, they don't satiate you. The only no. thing that, do that is inside. And then yeah. you start realizing I need to pull myself up yet. That's the hard part when you're walking that path through childhood, through middle school and high school, yeah. and you're supposed to find a way to be okay with that kind of treatment. And because when you were saying that, what I kept thinking was you had no safe haven. Yeah. You were getting it from home. You were getting yeah. that de <laughs> deceptive behavior from your friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's so cruel to, to do that for your friends to do that, <laughs> that you think you're having fun with them and they turn on you. Yeah. And we, when we're that age, we don't know how to say, Hey, you know what? It's okay. Cause I have full internal self-worth and value no matter what it feels detrimental. Yes. And I never had that from anywhere. So I was just like, there must, it must be me. I was convinced it was me and not in a, definitely in a victim way going forward. But like in that point, it was a very innocent confusion. That was so overwhelming. Like I was like, what is I, yeah, I just thought it was me. Cause I was like, how can, and it, it's affected me up until now, even which I'm working on, but like being myself in friendships and having trust, because it's like, all I want to do is have girlfriends that I can play with now and be myself and be that like unfiltered person. And I'm so scared. Something's going to be used against me. And it's so funny how things repeat in your life. Like I remember when I was 19 and I was in rehab, I had a crush on this boy. And I told my friend in rehab, someone who I really loved and looked up to this girl and she told him and then started liking him. And I was like, I started noticing though, that this is like a pattern I obviously need to work through, but I was like, holy shit. Like we're creating our own realities, even with like working through this stuff. Yeah, completely. And it can be so frustrating, right? Because we do yeah. kind of want something to just set us free. But mm -hmm. when we get, keep hitting these barriers and these blocks with the same things happening, we're like, okay, I need to try a different approach <laughs> or I something. I need to look at this. I need to go inside. I need to not seek outside validation. And I will say, obviously I'm making movies. I'm in Hollywood. I clearly have trouble still with seeking outside validation for success. I don't really, my looks, none of that matters. Success. I do have an issue with like, I need to be a big, big filmmaker or I won't be worth something. And I still am trying to let go of that, but it's also okay to have those dreams. So it's like a weird balance. I just have to remember that like any amount of success is empty and won't bring me what I'm looking for. Like I need to find that inside. And I think the more I find it inside, the more success I'll have. So that's like what I'm working on now. Beautiful. <laughs> Perfect. And I think Dana that, you know, I see this gathering collective of, of women who we're tied to the conventional idea of success, right? Like we all, we can't help it. Right. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have like the biggest podcast and I'm going to be like podcast famous, or I'm going to be a movie director. But I feel like what's really going to happen is that we're going to be a part of this movement where it's not so much about being the best. It's about uh -huh. reaching who you're meant to reach. And we're all sharing with another. I feel like you are going to find, move into more of your tribe and the people that appreciate you and yes. you continue to be yourself. That's another message I keep hearing, which is like, be, you know, just completely unapologetically yourself and let your essence come through because that's when people can really find you and you'll find where you're really meant to be. Because clearly if you've been attuned and interested in ideas about aliens and all these concepts since you were a kid, you were involved in that in other lifetimes. Oh, and you came here to bring that information to those 
to our planet where we become so detached from the ideas that anything else besides what we see with our eyes and hear with our ears exists. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think as long as you keep following that, you're, you're going to have beautiful success, but with the right people and not, cause I don't know how much you see this in Hollywood, but Hollywood in my view, just seems to take whatever is popular and then raise it up in the air. And then the next day, the person can be dropped flat on their face when the public doesn't like them anymore, when they're not as popular or impressive. Yes. Yes. And I don't want that. And I've definitely like turned away from offers for those, like for commercial success for, I've definitely had those tricksters or come into my life and be like, I will give you everything you want and do this, this, and this. And I've been like, no, you know what I mean? Like, that's a real thing here. And, um, I, I want to be me. And and if I can be a trailblazer in Hollywood, great. And if I just live here, make great connections. And, you know, I care about my fan base. I don't care about Hollywood. No offense, Hollywood. But like, if I can just make great movies here and like use it to my advantage, all I care about is helping the people like me. So if I, I just, I want to get big so I can have a platform to help people. Uh, but I definitely don't need Hollywood to do it. Who I need to do it is like, the fans, like this, our, our seekers, not even fans, my community. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm trying to reach. And I also understand it takes time. Like I've been doing this two and a half years. You know what I mean? I'm impatient. So I want it now, now, now. <laughs> so I, I understand it takes time to build. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you are making a really big, exciting step and it is a wonderful thing in our the time and age now, which is, you know, your film is on Amazon prime and yeah. on Apple TV, on Apple TV. Yeah. These things didn't exist a decade ago. All you yeah. could do is hope that you could get into maybe an indie <laughs> festival, but where were people really going to see it? People stream all the time. Now they'll find, look for anything to watch. People are watching things every night on all these different platforms. People are going to see your movie that yes. 10 years ago would never have seen it. Yeah. Right. And the word can spread right with social media, which is another great thing where the word gets out and they're like, there's this film that's tapping into things that people aren't talking about and is attuned with our whatever witchy, esoteric, futuristic vision. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yes. No, I'm excited. I really hope it finds its crowd. Like, obviously, it's only been two, two and a half weeks since it's been out at this point in time. But I think like things find their audience months after. So it's doing pretty well right now. The reports we've gotten are good, um, but I hope it finds even more people. And I think it will. I think the biggest thing we have to remember in you too is like what we're doing for the planet is great and our work is protected and we might not understand our journey, but like we have to trust that we're being led to everything in the right time. And I keep trying to remember that, like just enjoy the journey because everything Yes, I don't have millions of watchers right now, but like I I can't I'm worthy of having that and that can happen and it will and I'm still learning things I need to learn right now and there's a reason that hasn't happened and it's all towards my growth. So whatever. <laughs> Completely. And that can also be a hard pill to swallow mm -hmm. because that can pertain to success. It can also <laughs> pertain to finding love where we can stomp our feet and say, why hasn't this happened for me yet? Why am I not getting more notoriety? Why am I not finding someone? But and, and again, that's another message I've been getting that, which is that if you, you keep asking for something very specific, if you mm -hmm. want something specific of quality, you have to trust that certain things have to happen first. Yes. As I said before, it's so common because what we see every day is people who are launched into fame and we're like, great, I want that. That looks great. Just instant people see you eyes on you yeah Yet, 
most people who do that have to compromise themselves in this world because the people who launch people up are the ones that have the influence and the money to do to lift that person up. And if you if someone offers to give you that influence and money, you are beholden You're to them. Yes, a hundred percent. I've seen it. I've literally seen it. And also, like we always forget, we don't know like the journey some of the people took to like when it looks like overnight success. I realize it's not, but it definitely seems that way. And sometimes it is for sure. Like a lot, I've met the people who've definitely sacrificed things to be ultra famous and it, I think they're miserable. Um, but there's also famous people who are like amazing friggin' people that I've met. And the, and the thing with them is it's taken them time. We just don't, we don't, you know, I forget that. And, um, and it's all about comparison and blah, blah, blah. But yes, I think we're on a good journey here. <laughs> I think of our path as again, to bring tarot into it. Cause I always bring tarot into it as symbolism. Yes. It's the Knight of Pentacles journey. Mm -hmm. It's knowing mm -hmm. that you have something so valuable that it's bigger than you <coughs> to bring it in forward into the world. So you take it slow and steady because you know, and you're not in a rush and you're trusting again, that each step will be important and crucial timing is important. You can't reach a destination before a certain time. Otherwise it won't all fit together in a cosmic universal way. And that's those of us that are truly called to bring something fundamental that's helping the pivotal change occurring on our planet right now. We have to be aligned with that because yeah. if we rush it, it's not going to have the same effect. Yes. And right now, I think you've talked about this, like, uh, well, it's Pluto and Aquarius is the, the wave of the divine feminine of Anana of Mary Magdalene of, you know, the women getting their power back. I think with that comes more energy of receiving, relaxing, magnetizing, not rush, rush, rushing, no rat race. It's like how to sit in the void and the unknown and, and play in that and be comfortable in it and trust and trust in yourself and learn body intelligence and knowing overthinking and versus like manifesting where you think something's going to happen and you're making all these intentions and then it happens more like blindly just trusting that if you play and like follow your heart, it just will happen. And you, and you don't need to see it just because there's a lot of men with these books, no offense to them either, but like, they're like, do this, this, and this, and you'll get this. And I think there's something to be said for like, just playing and experimenting and doing what you love every day. And just knowing you'll end up somewhere that you're meant to like, it's scary. It's scary even for me, but I think that's what we're coming into and we're transitioning right now. So a lot of people feel lost. Even I feel a little bit lost, but I think, I think these next couple of years are, are like, you know, we're in a chrysalis and we're kind of like shape shifting and something will be birthed out of that. But I think people need to, I'm really getting the message and I'm sure you've gotten the same, just like embrace this. Like, we don't know what this really is because it's new, but like, we'll be okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And for those of us who have been through, whether you want to call it a dark night of the soul or mm -hmm. gone, you know, done shadow work, yeah. we've been through the worst of it is safe mm -hmm. to say. We've already been through the ch most challenging parts. And now again, we're left with sort of these echoes that'll come <clears> up <throat> and, you know, hit on that raw nerve of insecurity. Yet we know now how to manage it. We're not going to turn to alcohol. We're not going to fall into these desperate places. And I believe as time goes on, we're going to support one another more in that that's going to lessen and lessen until we truly are bringing forth our visions, mm -hmm. our offerings, our gifts with confidence and with excitement and joy and not this undertone of fear and resistance. Yes. 
And it, and it is, it's going to happen in the next few years, but this is the time we just, we really do have to be patient right now because it it is a healing process. We are still healing that, that deep feminine wound of mm-hmm. fear. And this is something I just talked to someone yesterday at an event. I'm very curious of your experience with this, but I want to put it out there just because I think people might feel like they're doing something wrong. So like I've been meditating a couple of years and the first year or two of my meditation, I was very much dropped in. Everything was going great. I was like channeling, getting messages. Like I didn't have that many thoughts this past year, year and a half. I've had so many thoughts in my meditation and it's been almost impossible to drop in. And I've heard that other people are experiencing this. And I think it's actually our minds like cleansing now thinking and learning more to be in our body, but in a way it's like, uh, feel like getting it out. I don't know if that makes sense, but for if there's anyone that's like struggling with dropping in more to their meditations recently, I'm just hearing that's happening to a lot of people, including myself. So just putting that out there. It makes, it makes complete <laughs> sense. Things are evacuating where we're releasing mm-hmm. and a, a big word for me right now is shedding. We're just getting rid mm-hmm. of all that junk, just releasing it, getting it out of there. And it can, it's just the same way. Like if you move out of your house for a while, it's just chaos and you're just getting, but then you move into a new place and it's like, oh, I get to put everything has a place. It's much more organized. I got rid of a lot of stuff, but the excavating purging process can be violent, right? It can be overwhelming. Mm, That's a really good metaphor because that it describes it exactly. Like you're, we're moving boxes out of our mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what came to mind actually was my experience, my last, you know, few months, weeks of using where Mm -hmm. I I had like a mental breakdown basically at where at one point I was having a panic attack in a parking lot and like just went into a bush to scream at the top of my lungs and sob uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was almost primal. It was like, I could, f- and oh. what I realized in that moment, it was the first, I felt to like the core of my soul. I was like, I just, I don't want to be me. If I yeah. have to be me, I don't want to be here. And I had to like hit that point to bounce back and say, but this is who you are. And maybe if you shift your understanding, you can see that that's a miraculous thing rather than a sentence to have to suffer through. Yeah. I've experienced similar things. Like we're all so special and literally it sounds so corny, but like what your unique and special things is what makes you special and unique. Like, yeah, we're all, we're all such gifts, like every single person. And the more you dive into your weirdness, the more you We'll dive into your destiny. I think, yeah, I think that's beautiful that you went through that. I had a very, I never wanted to be me. I always wanted to be, not that like I copied other people. I wasn't like that vibe because I've had those kind of friends, but like I always, I could never be alone. I always hung out with other people and I wanted to like almost become them in their life, not like do what they do, but I just like, I liked hanging out at my friend's house and experiencing her family and like the safety in that or like I like being at my boyfriend's house because I liked eating like what they were making for dinner it's almost like I could never be home with my family and I wish going back that I did do that more like I learned more about my parents and developed a relationship with them and I know at the time maybe that wasn't possible and I'm doing that now but like and my brother it's like I just feel like I completely vacated my entire life and just like latched on to people Yeah. So like, I don't know if you've experienced that, but in that way, like I just didn't want to be me. And even now 
I don't have that. I love being me, but, um, the working with being alone, cause I just went through a really hard breakup. That's my lesson this year, I think is to learn how to love myself being alone and not like grabbing on for outside, not outside validation per se, but just finding that love outside of myself. I've never, I don't think I've ever had enough time alone to find it within fully. So I'm excited for that. Beautiful. Yeah. That's a, a very important part of the, the journey towards being able to express yourself fully is not having that part of you that still always thinks, but I need this. As long as we think we need anything outside of ourselves, we're always going to be a little bit Mm -hmm. off balance. It's when we recognize that love is a beautiful thing. It's one of the best things you can ever experience. Yet (laughs) so is, but you have to love yourself. I know it's so trite, but it's just true. It is right. We, we, if we cannot honor and love ourselves the most, we're never going to really get that high quality romantic love partnership that we desire. Cause we're, we're going to always kind of be a little bit saying, you know, I need them for this. I need to have, you know, this kind of person to heal this wound, to heal this deficit in me. And maybe that's what this time for you is to realize there is no deficit. I want someone who is equal to me. And in order to find someone who's equal to me, I have to get to that level that I want to find someone at. I, who I've wanted to date in the past, which I've never found, but I need to take that list and see if I have all those qualities basically is what I'm figuring out. And that I think I always put men I've dated on a pedestal and I'm realizing that that's just a projection of like my potential that I've put in them that I've like inserted into them. And I need to, take that back out. Yeah. Find that in me. And then someone will meet me there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a book you might like, I had a guest on this show. Her name is, uh, her name is Jean Sullivan. It's called being the soulmate you want to attract. (gasps) And it's a beautiful book that walks you through different steps to do just that, where you really look at exercises of what do I want in a partner and where am I not able to meet that? Where am I not vibrating. And it's funny you say that because just yesterday I was having this moment where I was like, you know what, that I need to stop thinking about whether I'm going to meet somebody tomorrow or at the next, you know, cafe I go to and just really focus on being that person that I want to meet, being somebody who's focused on my vision and, you know, build, building that self-esteem because, you know, it's, it's hard to be with somebody who's insecure and we all are going to always have some insecurity, yeah. but until we really believe in ourselves, yes we're always going to find ourselves in a situation that keeps us down is what I find. Yes. And I think the thing I struggle with, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but like there is some like what I'm toying with and I don't know how to really come to terms with this yet. It's like, there's some fun and fantasy in like envisioning you meeting the love of your life when you go to that coffee shop or like you go to that friend's house and hoping a new guy shows up. Like, and I think that's still like learning how to find the love in myself because like, I remember when I was younger and I would go somewhere, if there were no like cute boys, I'd get bored. I don't have that now, but it's just like some of that fantasy is fun. But at the same time, I do believe that if I wouldn't even have to do that, if I was just like loving my own energy all the time, then like, it's just like an added, like a, you know, cherry on top. But I think I treat it more as like the answer to my dreams. And I think, yeah, I need to work through that. (laughs) Totally. It's like seeing that relationship as the cupcake rather than just the icing and the cherry on top. Right. It's that like, that's what I've always reminded myself is, 
a relationship cannot be the substance of who you are. It ha it, you have to create mm -hmm. your own substance, your own stable stability and foundation. Yeah. And then you find someone where you're just such beautiful compliments to one another. I'm excited for that. You're going to have it. Yeah. And Can't it will help other women to see that that is possible because to me, I look around this world and it feels like a big game of musical chairs where everyone's so afraid of ending up alone that sometimes they'll just sit into whatever is there. Yes. I've settled in the past for sure. And I will say like my last ex-boyfriend, like I love him as a person, but I think we both were settling in the fact that we didn't want to be alone and we knew we couldn't give each other what we wanted and we knew what each other wanted. And I think we just stayed with each other because we, we loved each other. We were getting so much love from each other, even in a friend way that we are missing within ourselves. And that's what made us settle. And I think we both realized at the same time, we need to get this from ourselves. Like we we're just two little hurt kids grabbing onto each other for dear life. You know what I, it wasn't honestly that this relationship was an amazing learning experience. And I found myself through it. And I think he felt the same. So it's like the first mature relationship I've had where like, of course it's very sad. It ended, but I also learned a lot and I can look back, like not hating him. <laughs> yes. Which is yeah. a, a great place to be in because sometimes it's hard not to yeah. feel anger at, towards somebody that we've had such, I mean, relationships, I I'm, I really appreciate the quote that says all's fair in love and war. Love mm -hmm. is so complex. Cause there's no, there's no rules. Like there's no limits. There's no boundaries. It's not like a friendship where you're in each other's lives in a certain capacity. No, you're basically putting everything on the line yeah. with this person sort of merging with this person. And mm -hmm. it can bring you to be so have such strong feelings of resentment or anger because you get so close and involved with that person. And I think though, Dana, everybody knows that feeling of feeling like you're just two wounded souls trying to get your needs met with somebody else. And it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, this yes. is, we both need to level up a little bit. But again, I think some people will just stay in those situations and, and that's yeah. not a judgment. It's just, uh -huh. you know, again, people, a lot of people don't believe that it's possible to, to live alone. And I speak about that, that, you know, I've been single most of my life and there is such stigma around single people. It's like pretty atrocious. <laughs> it's like a four letter word. That's so stupid. And I think there's a stigma because <laughs> people are scared and I get it. Like, I think when I was in a relationship, I was almost scared sometimes of my single friends being happy because I, I it's almost like I wanted to have that in a weird way. Like, I think when people are jealous and wish they could have that, they make fun of it, you know? there should not be a stigma. That's one of the most powerful things ever. Um, yeah, I think both are good. Just like not everything's black and white, but yes, I, I think, um, I'm excited to be single and fall in love with myself for sure. And I don't remember what else I was going to say, but something. <laughs> well, I'm excited for your journey. I'm happy to provide some resources. A lot of the show is about that is about getting to that point where you feel full within yourself so that you're ready to meet somebody that's you're on their level, not just someone who's on your level that you're also going to be on that person's level. And, for, and you know, what's beautiful, Dana, is I talk mm -hmm. to a lot of women who are in midlife and beyond, yeah. and they found love later in life. And it mm -hmm. was beautiful and it was effortless and it was yeah. seamless. And it's very 
tried and true steady. It's not that up and down tumultuous intensity that a lot of experience early in life, right? When you are just two people that are like, oh my gosh, we found it. Okay. Let's, I hold on to you. You hold on to me yeah. and it, it's intense and it can be passionate, but ultimately it leaves you kind of exhausted and needing to heal. Hating <laughs> myself. Yeah. I think it just simulates like my childhood and we associate that with love. But I think now I'm, I, I think the reason we both grew apart is because I worked on healing myself and it's, I don't feel love from those things now. Now I'm ready to feel love from like trust, stability, loyalty, uh, you know, honesty, communication, all the things that like, I didn't like before I loved the games and the chase. And now it's like, no, I want someone who actually like, yeah, has all those things. Totally. And another phrase I appreciate is the idea that <laughs> we go through what we're not to realize who we are. And mm -hmm. to me, that that applies to addiction. Mm -hmm. I remember being deep in using, and I was like, "This is not who. This isn't isn't who I am. It's mm -hmm. I don't respect myself. I don't trust myself." The same with relationships. We go into it and we say, "This is not healthy. This is not what I believe in." When I think of a healthy, stable relationship, and then <laughs> we we recorrect. Yeah, I do find valuable though in the the relationships that we learn from. When I look back in ones in recent years. There's a type of therapy called psychodrama and it's where yes. you act out some things. And my last relationship was very intense and, and not very, we were both toxic in it, to be honest, <laughs> but it was like a psychodrama. I was able to express myself in ways that I hadn't in other relationships. I usually stuff it in, but with this person, for some reason, we both just like unleashed it. And I mm -hmm. think it helped me in a way <laughs> to just get it out. The things yes. I wanted to say, the, the fears I had, I just unleashed it and realized like, wow, I I'm really hurt in a lot of ways still. Same. I became, and he did too at the end. I don't think he'll be embarrassed if I say this, like I, we both became like wild wildebeests at the end. Like he had never raised his voice at me. Like I've definitely yelled at him, but I'm still a nice person. But anyway, he just like had never done that, which is good. He's the guy. But at the end, like we would fight and yell at each other and not in like a way where I'm scared of him, but in a way where I think we were just healing in a weird way. Like we were almost yelling at our parents, at our attachments, at our, yeah, just all this fucking, sorry, freaking crazy okay. anger was unleashed. And we both, I remember looked at ourselves after having this horrible fight and we were like, oh my God, what was that? Like, that was so weird. But yeah, I really think it was so he, I really think I'm so grateful for that experience. I hope me and him will be friends eventually, but right now I need to heal. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm so glad you can relate to that. Cause that's exactly how it felt to me. It was like, we're both, we're not even talking to each other. We're talking to bullies from the past, neglectful parents, whatever it was, our own insecurities, but yeah. we were, we had the relationship, which, which it sounds like you did with this guy where you could look at it and be like, that was weird. So yes, I wonder, yes. I think other people can probably relate. Oh, I'm sure like, I won't give too many details because he'll literally be mortified. But like, I remember this and this is not our relationship, but just towards the end. And we already had broken up at this point. He was just living with me still for a month. I like took his phone and I was like, I'm going to go through this. And he was like, give my phone back. And I was like, no, don't touch me. And I was just so dramatic. Like a movie, like a, a soap opera. Just so, yeah, but it's. It's necessary and it's, it won't be the case next time because now you're seeing, okay, I got, I got that out of my system. I yeah. released that. Now you're moving into a new era where you are a beautiful filmmaker. This is really uh, exciting. Before yes. we wrap up, Dina, yeah. would you like to share any other concepts about reflect? Like, what does this mean to you? And what are you hoping? Cause I'm going to share the link 
I'm yeah. ways that people can find it. Yeah, I always give so much gratitude to those who create a book, create mm-hmm. a movie, something that you birth. It literally is a birthing because you just date it and you have to work so hard on it and you have to be fearless and courageous enough to be vulnerable and put it into the world. So thank you yeah. for doing that. And now you get to see the blessings of it. So yeah. last thoughts on, you know, what is it, what is it really about to you and what does it mean to you? I think in a funny way, reflect was about self-love and that my non-self-love was reflecting onto everyone in that film. Those were like all shattered parts of me, I think. And I think, I think reflect was a love letter from myself to myself. Like there's a lot of themes with it screaming out, like, love me, love me, connect with me, connect with me. So yeah, I think love is a main, self-love is a main topic of reflect and connection. And like, I think reflect also just reflects what you're supposed to learn for everyone watching, which is why I named it that like whatever you get from it, there is no one thing, but I think at the core of reflect is like love screaming out to everyone to love themselves. So yeah, that's what I would say about it. And I would say when you watch it to anyone who listens to this, to just keep an open mind and let it kind of sink in your subconscious if you're a seeker and you want to learn new little magical mystery school things, there's little things in there. There's things to notice about my camera work. There's subconscious little messages, um, all, all light and love messages, no weird stuff. But yeah, I think that's, that's it. And share it with like five people. So it's, you know, it's expensive to do marketing and I did not have a marketing budget for this film, which I will make sure I do in the future, but share it with people. Absolutely. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really fun, but it is one of those movies where you have to watch it more than once because it's one of those where there's so many different nuances and different things to catch that I want to see it again. But it also, I love that it has like some comic relief. I loved like some of the characters that were like the guides that were like part of the game were so funny. (laughs) They're whimsical. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. So beautiful work, Dana. Thank you again for that. Thank you for being on the show. If people would like to find out more about you, find Mm -hmm. Reflect, how can they do so? Yeah, so the easiest way is www.reflectmovie.com. There you can click on the website and links to see it on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, and Vudu. Uh, Amazon Prime is probably the easiest way for most people to watch. Our Instagram is reflectmovie. And my Instagram is at Dana.TheAlien if you want to follow more of my metaphysical journey. Uh, And I also have a metaphysical blog on LinkedIn, so you can add me on LinkedIn and follow that. Beautiful. And you also have a really cute dog that I saw when I followed you on Instagram. Yes, Danica. Her name is Danica, and she is my angel. And I want to make Danica famous because she's just the love and light of my life. (laughs) She's beautiful. All right, Dana. Well, thank you again. Thank you again so much for being on the show. Thank you. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.